We serve a great God. Amen. He is so good. He's enabling us to bring his love to this community and to the city. January of 1998, God spoke to me. And this is what God said. I was going to do a new thing. That's what he told me. I remember very clearly. I was laying in bed. I remember God speaking to my heart that that was the year that I was to plan on starting a new church. I had no idea that starting a new church meant me moving to Central Florida. I was living in Seattle, Washington. We were living a happy life. We were living a good life. We were living a blessed life. I was on staff at a large church. My wife was a manager at an advertising company in Seattle. And we were just living the American dream. Things We had two kids, things going well, living life, living large, enjoying just ministry and serving God. And God began to speak to my heart about starting a brand new work. And uh, it was in that year that I began to really seek the Lord, fasting, prayer, uh, which uh, we are going to do this year as, as well in our Daniel fast. But it was in that year that God spoke to my heart that I, he would do a new thing. Over the next several months, as God began to prepare our hearts and begin to prepare my wife and I, God began to really give me some clear steps, some next step kind of things. And around June of 1998, uh, I was laying in bed with my wife on a Saturday night, and I said, Lord... And it was just through a whole circumstance of events. But I said, Lord, if you want us to go to Florida and start a church. Now, from Seattle to Orlando, it's 3,500 miles. Almost. You can Google it. It's not exactly okay, but it's close, all right? It's 3,500 miles. I didn't know one person in central Florida. But I said, Lord, if you want us to go to, to Florida and start a church, uh, you want us to go to Florida, you've got to make it really clear to us. The next day was Sunday. We went to church. Our church had multiple services like this church. And uh, this couple came up to me. I had only met them maybe once or twice. I really didn't know them that well. I, I knew that they attended our church. And, uh, and the wife looked at me and she said, Pastor Eugene, have you ever thought about starting a church before? Now listen, this was not common. I was not talking to the people in our church. I was, as a staff person, I was not allowed to do that. We don't do that. you know. And, and I looked at her and I said, what are you talking about? She said, uh, why don't you go to Florida and start a church and we will go with you. Wow. I, I said, come on. I'm like, okay, wait, stop, what, what, stop, 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 stop. And I, I got to get my wife. And I ran and got my wife. And I said, okay, tell my wife what you just said. She said the same thing. That couple ended up moving to Florida with another couple, uh, moving to Central Florida with us in 1998. This, this particular individual, uh, he took an early retirement from his job and with his wife. They sold the house. They left all their property, they left their kids, and they moved all the way to Central Florida along with another couple to help us start City Church. It would have never happened without this particular couple. I want to fast forward 14. Come on. Amen? I'm going to fast forward 14 years. Last year, in a phone conversation that I had with this couple, our brother was getting ready to wind down kind of officially. He's, I don't know if I, don't know if I should say his age because you're not going to believe he's... Is his age, but he's 72 years of age. He's getting ready. He's white. He's getting ready to wind down his, his working career. And I said, "What are you guys going to do next?" And he said, we, "We really, really don't know." I said, "Well, why don't you guys come back to City Church and be our Generation Plus and our missions pastors?" And uh, I want to this morning. I want to welcome Hank and Joyce Shower as we commission them as lay pastors here at City Church. Can you give them a great big hand as they come today? Love you guys. All right. I love you guys. 
Now, I didn't talk about all the stuff. I mean, they left here. They didn't leave here broken and angry. What's really cool about what's happening right now is that this is the right way to be part of a local church. When they went back to Seattle, Hank needed to go back to work so he could make, have enough money for his retirement. But they also felt the call to missions. And for the last 12 years, they have been missionaries to Africa taking teams. Count so many teams they're taking to Africa and raising funds and ministering to the people of Namibia and specifically partnering with a couple of ministries there. And so God has been using them over these last 12 years. They weren't sitting idle by the sideline. They were actively involved in serving Christ. And I believe that this is the next step that God has for them. And being founding pillar members, there were three families. It was Eugene and Laura, Hank and Joyce, and Russ and Leah Palmer. There's the three founding members of City Church. And uh, we have a plaque that we want to give to them as founding members in honor of their dedication and service and making the dream possible. You are setting in seats today that were made possible because this couple gave sacrificially. They literally laid down their life and they left their family and home to come all this way to help start this church. And so we want to honor you guys with this plaque. I'm the flowers. Flowers, flowers. Uh, okay. And uh, we got some flowers there for Joyce. You're going to have to hold those there. Amen. The really cool thing, though, the really cool thing is that we're com- going to commission Hank to be our Generation Plus, which is going to be our 55 and older ministry. We're going to commission Hank to be our uh, Generation Plus, And as a couple, they're going to be our missions pastors. And so we're going to do that now. We're going to take just a few moments here and and uh, I want to read a scripture verse. Pastor Glenn's got a couple of questions that he wants to ask them. But uh, this morning, the Bible says to the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and as a witness of Christ's suffering, who also shall share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that are under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being an example to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Now, Pastor Glenn is going to have a few questions he's going to ask you. Hank Sauer, do you believe that the Bible is the word of God and that it is the only source and rule of faith, doctrine, and life? Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you love God's children? Are you willing to the extent that God gives you grace to work for the purity, edification, unity, and growth of the church of Jesus Christ? Do you find that the Constitution and bylaws of City Church is in harmony with the Bible, God's Word? Is your faith in agreement with with this Constitution and will you follow it? As a minister of the Gospel, you are charged with the commission to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. In your preaching, teaching, and in your administration of these sacraments, are you willing to proclaim the Word alone, faith alone, grace alone, so help you God? Will you, by the power of God's grace, live a holy life, properly care for your family, and by faithfulness, diligence, and love, do the work of a pastor as a servant to the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you a shepherd? I now ask you, Hank Shower, before God in this congregation, are you ready to enter this calling? Well, congregation? (laughs) And grace of God. Well, congregation, do you members of City Church agree that Hank Showers shall be a delegated minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ at City Church? You want to get the sash? The sash just represents uh, an official way that we we acknowledge and recognize uh, 
a new pastoral team member here at City Church. Hank, I'm honored to serve the Lord with you. I love you. <laughs> I wouldn't be here. I mean, I wouldn't. It wouldn't have happened. This dream that God placed in my heart wouldn't have happened without you and Joyce. And I love you guys. And I believe, I really truly believe that this next step, you know, the, the finishing the Bible college and the years that that took and all the years of service are all just in preparation for this next season of your life. And it's going to be good. It ain't always going to be easy, but it's always going to be good. I want to lay hands on you. I want to commission. Can you just stretch forth your hands? Pastor Glenn, can you come over? And, and uh, we're going to lay hands and we're going to commission Hank Shower into the ministry today. Hank Shower, I hereby install you as an associate lay minister of City Church, serving our Generation Plus and Mission Ministries in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. May a rich, a rich measure of God's grace, guidance, and power be with you and your wife and the congregation as you work together for the extension of His kingdom in this community. Father, I thank you today that you have placed Hank and Joyce into this body. God, you set pillars. You set foundational people. and God, they laid a foundation stone, and now they're coming back to build upon that which they've laid. We thank you that your grace is upon them, that you've called them. Well, although I made a phone call, it was you that had already prepared their heart to receive this assignment from you. They're your servants, and their desire is to be a blessing to this local church and to the generation plus of our community. Father, I thank you that as they lead mission teams, as they take young people and families, Lord, around the world to minister to people in other communities and other nations, I, I thank you that there's going to be a fire, there's going to be a passion that's transferred from their heart to the life of pe uh, people that are in City Church, who hear the voice of God, that there is a call to take this gospel to the ends of the earth. And Lord, I pray today, even as Paul laid hands on Timothy, and Lord, he said he imparted a spiritual gift, I lay hands upon Hank and upon Joyce today, and I, I impart the spiritual gift of faith, supernatural faith, to believe you for an abundance, to believe you for blessing, to believe you for favor upon their life in this next season. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, as we commission them to be a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And everyone said, Amen. 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 God bless you, my brother. Amen. 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 God bless you. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Amen. Very cool. That was really, really awesome. That was really awesome. You got to be part of it. Hey, uh, tomorrow, January 6th, we're kicking off our 21-day Daniel Fest. And we have all kinds of materials. Can you just put up the PowerPoint real quick here? Uh, starting tomorrow, uh, at the end of our Daniel Fest, we have a four-night revival. It's uh, January 26th to the 30th. We have guest speakers coming. It's going to be a great time. But I want to encourage you. How many of you have never gone on a 21-day Daniel Fest before? Wow. Okay, if you've never done it, uh, can you put up the picture of our website real quick? You can go to our website, and you can click on the, the banner there. It says Awaken. You can click on that, and then you can put up the next slide there. It, it actually has, we have all kinds of information available, and all the information, like we have these sheets right here. It's right on our website. You can check it out. We also have printed copies available for you. We did this last year for the very first time, 21 days, where we did no meats, no sweets, no dairy products, and no caffeinated or carbonated drinks. And, and as a church family, 
family, there were so many testimonies of some natural things that happened. And one of the natural things that happened for me is that I lost 20 pounds. That was awesome. <laughs> but it was way beyond that. The, sp- the spiritual focus for our church, helping us to get in unity and to get in agreement with what God wants to do in our lives personally and my own personal walk with Him. This is really the goal of fasting. I'm setting aside, I'm consecrating my life for these next 21 days and saying, God, I'm, I'm seeking you. I'm seeking to draw nearer and closer to you. And then also for my family. I prayed for my family last night. I, I mean, I don't know about you, sometimes I just take it for granted. And I spent a long time just praying for my own family. Oh, man, if I don't do it, who else is going to do it? You know, I mean, I usually pray for everybody else. And, and so I prayed for my family. And I have some personal things that I'm believing God to do. And I'm praying for the ministry. And you have a ministry and a calling. You need to be praying what God's next step for you. So we have some spiritual focus. All that is outlined in this little pamphlet. You can take it or you can go to our website. If you have questions, if you have questions and you're a texter, you can text this number right here. So you can write this number down. If you're a texter, you can text this number, 407-378-5672. And uh, someone in our office will get back to you. very. They promise me they will get back to you very quickly. Uh, trying to answer any questions that you might have about a Daniel fast and what it looks like and how to do it and that kind of thing. So, everyone said amen? Good, good, good. Hey, if you could stand with me this morning for the reading of God's Word. I have two passages of Scripture that I want to look at this morning. And, uh, boy, good, good, good. Two passages of Scripture that we're going to look at today. Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. We're going to read verses 18 and 19. And then we're going to look at Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verse number 33. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verse number 33. Did you guys have a good New Year's? Okay. That was pretty weak. Did you have a good New Year's? (laughs) Okay. Well, I had an interesting New Year's. We were in New York uh, on New Year's Eve, and uh, we did go down to where they were going to drop the ball. There's over a million people in that square. And it was around 6 o'clock. It was 25 degrees. And what they do is they search every single person that goes into where they drop that ball at you know, Times Square. They search every single person. And once you get into that zone, you can't leave. And so we kind of calculated six hours no bathrooms 25 degree weather we decided to go back to our hotel and watch the ball drop from the television <laughs> i had so we had something happen as a family a new year's day you know we're flying out and for some reason i decided to take the last flight of the day out of new york and this was an interesting experience New York, there's no place like New York. The subways, the trains, the way people trans, you know, move around and that kind of thing. And, and so we left the hotel at 7 o'clock, which gave us three hours. Our, our plane left at 10 o'clock, so you're supposed to be there at 9 o'clock. It gives you two hours. You're supposed to be in the terminal, at, you know, by 9.30 ready to board. So we got two and a half hours to go five miles. No problem, right? It was a problem. <laughs> I don't know how it could be a problem, but it was a problem. And so we get down into the subway, and there was a couple of guys. They were official transport guys, or, you know, they worked for the authority, the transportation authority there. And I asked them, I said, okay, now, I thought I had it right, but is this the best way to get to uh, JFK Airport? They said, yep, get on the, I said, get on the E-train and go up here and then take the, the Tran Express. And I said, we got it. We got this thing. So we, you know, luggage our stuff through and make it through. People are just going. It's like, I mean, if you've ever been on the subway in New York, you just know, it's like, choo, choo, People are, and you're just you're holding on for your life, and you're holding on to your pocketbook, and you're racing, you're trying to get there. And so we finally we make it, 
we get to the E train, we jump on the train, and we start going up. And I'm looking at the map that they have on the wall. You know, they got the wall inside the subway, and I'm like, I don't think this is the right way. Now, I just had an official, okay, a subway, two, two subway officials tell me the E train, but I'm looking at the map. I just can't believe it. It just doesn't look like the right way. And so I'm like, well, I'm going. And then uh, this guy sitting, you know, a, another expert, the guy just on the subway with me, says, yeah, no, I think you're supposed to be on the A train. I said, okay. So we jump off. We, you know, we next stop, we jump off, and we race, and we try to figure out how to get on the A train. We make it over to the A train. We jump on the A train, and we get going on the A train. I'm like, uh, I think I'm going the wrong direction. <laughs> Now I know I'm going the wrong direction. I said, no. I get jump back off, and by this time I'm starting to sweat. <laughs> and I'm starting to get a little bit nervous. You know, it's about 8:30, but yeah, I can just start to feel. You know what I'm talking about? You just start to feel a little nervous. And I have my wife here. They're just going along for the ride. I'm Moses. I'm Moses. Lead them to the wilderness. You know, so. Then we jump on the next train and we make it there. Well, when you get to JFK, there's a whole other subway thing you've got to do. And the little metro card that you have that gets you all over the, the bus and the metro system in here, that doesn't work at the JFK airport. You've got to get another card. And all worse, so now I'm starting to get really nervous. And so we finally make it through there. And it's like 9.25. We should be at the gate. We still haven't gone through security. We still haven't, you know, take your shoes off, take your belt off, take your pants off. I mean, you know, <laughs> we haven't gone through that part of the trip yet. And uh, I'm getting really nervous. And as I'm walking, there's a young lady that works for uh, JetBlue. And she, I start talking to her. She says, well, I'm running a little late, too. I said, well, we're supposed to be at the terminal, like, right now boarding our plane. And she looks at me and she says, follow me. And I said, yes, ma'am. I did. And I got everybody behind me. I said, line up, follow her. And so we, and, and I mean, she blew, I mean, I didn't know you could go through all the check-in stuff. I couldn't get my belt. And we were, and she blew us through check-in. We went through the, you know, the line that they take. And I mean, it was a long line. And we're throwing our stuff in my suit, my briefcase is dragging along the ground. And we get there and we run all the way. I mean, we, and she drops us off right at our terminal. It's like 9.33. And I look up and it says, flight delayed, one hour. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm like, hot. I just like, do you breathe deep? But isn't that kind of like life? We... You know, we're on the right track, but we're not really quite sure. God's given us clear instructions. He's given us clear instructions, but we're just really not sure, and we get off track. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19 is, exact, is about that exact thing. The prophet Isaiah is speaking to the children of Israel. They've gotten off track. But this is what God says to them in verse number 18. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. So, you know, 2013, you had all kinds of stuff. You had good, bad, and ugly. But God's saying, forget those. Behold, look at, behold, I'm going to do a new thing. Everyone say, a new thing. And now it springs up, and shall you not perceive it? I'm making a way in your wilderness and streams in your wasteland. God said, He's going to do a new thing in your life in 2014. I believe that today. I believe that with all of my heart. I want you to turn over to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verses, we're going to look at verse 32 and 33, but this whole context of Jesus' sermon on the, on the mount, it's probably 
If this passage, if these words of Jesus get into your heart, you will never be the same. You will never be the same. Uh, Jesus said, hey guys, you know, you're worried about your food. You're worried about where you're going to live. You're worried about, don't worry. Everyone say, don't worry. He says, don't worry about those things. He says, but here's the deal. But seek first my kingdom, my purposes, my plan, my destiny, and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Let us pray. Father, in these next few minutes, I pray by the power and the grace of your Holy Spirit, I pray that this word will not return void. I thank you that today this word is alive in our hearts and spirits. God, speak to your people. God, that you're going to do a new thing as, you, as they put the, your kingdom first. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This is what I know about God today. This is what I know about God today. I know this about the Father. I know this about the Father. The Father's desire for you today in 2014, going into your new year, He will bless you. God's desire for you. God will bless you. In Genesis chapter 12, God calls Abraham. Uh, we got this thing all mixed up so many times. We think that it's like we answer the call. Yeah, we answer the call. I get all that. But no, 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 no. God initiates that relationship that we have with him. It wasn't like Abraham had all these choices. Hey, God, I've investigated all these deities and all these ways that other people in our generation live. And I've decided you're the best way for me to go. No, 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 no. It wasn't that way at all. God came to Abraham and he spoke to him. He said, Abraham, I will make you a great nation. Abraham was the father of all who believe. You can read Paul in the book of Galatians, and he talks about Abraham being the father of faith. And all of us who believe, this is our model. And with the same blessing that Abraham had, we receive today. Paul says that very thing. I will bless you and make you a great nation. I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. You will be a blessing. See, God created you today for purpose. God created you for destiny. God created you, designed you so that He could bless you. Jesus said, when He was talking to the disciples, He said, listen, you that are evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more does your Heavenly Father desire to give good gifts to you? This is what I know about God today. He's a good Father. He's a good God. He's a good Dad. He loves you. <laughs> he loves you. He loves you. You know what? But he loves me. <laughs> he loves me. You know the mistakes, the failures. We all have them. We've all fallen short. The fact is today, God's plans for you are good. He will bless you in 2014. He will bless you. The second thing I know that's going to happen in your life, this is a prophetic word to every single person. You can write this one down. This is a prophecy. This is a church-wide prophecy that in 2014, you will have problems. <laughs> You'll have them. It's part of life. Jesus said, in this life, you will have tribulation. I don't even, that's a bad, it's not even trouble. Tribulation. <laughs> I mean, that just like gets bigger, man. You're going to have troubles in life. And I don't know what those troubles are going to be, and neither do you. We don't know what... Life just happens. Stuff happens. I love the psalmist. He says, When the righteous cry out for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord hears your cries. But here's the thing. God is your helper. 
He is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers you out of them all. Come on, amen. Oh, He wants to bless you. But He's promised that in this life you'll have troubles. You see, here's the deal. No test, no testimony. (laughs) If you don't have test in life, you'll never have a testimony of His grace. If you never make a mess of it, you'll never know the message that you are saved through faith, by faith, through grace alone. Come on, you'll never know that. No problem, no power. No problems in your life, no spiritual power. God allows them. I don't know why. I don't understand. There's so many whys. There's so many, there's so many questions that we have. I want you to know today. I want you to know today. The writers of Hebrews says that we can boldly say. I can boldly tell you today that the Lord is my helper. And the third thing I, want to, I know that God wants to do in your life is He wants to forgive you. God wants to forgive you. He wants to forgive. It's the continual work of God embracing His forgiveness, embracing His grace. If we were just to play a video, if God just kind of rolled back everybody's life and He played a video of everything you thought and everything you did this year, oh boy. I mean, if you did mine, you'd be like, you're my pastor? You're like, what, you thought that? (laughs) Come on. We all fall short. Every person here. The Bible says there's none righteous. No, not one. I, even I, am He who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Come on, 2013. The past is behind you. Come on, you've got to receive the forgiveness and the grace of God. If we confess with our mouth, if we confess today, the Bible says that when we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all wrongdoing. The psalmist said in Psalms 103, As far as the east is from the west, I'll remember your sins no more. 2013 is dead. It's past. You can't go back and unchange it and undo it. It's yesterday's news. I want you to know you got a brand new start in Jesus. 2014. Come on. God has a new thing He wants to do in your life. God has a new thing. Oh, there's still some things, you know, we got to work through. I get all that. But He's your helper. Listen, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just. God, I can't do this without you. I prayed that. If you guys only knew so many times, I felt so inadequate. God, why do you use me? He said, because I love you. It's not about you anyways. Just make my son famous. Make the name of Jesus famous. Listen, it's not about me. It's not about even a church identity. It's about our Lord and Savior, our King of Kings, our soon-coming King, and His name is Jesus. It's about Jesus today. See, we need His forgiveness. We need His grace. We've fallen short. I want you to take your fist. I want you to take it like this. I want you to hold your fist, close your fist like this, and I want you to watch this video right now.
open your hands. And you have this, what we call a communion cup. We confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all of our wrongdoing. The way we do communion in America today, this 21st century, it's far from the way that the disciples did it with Jesus. On the last meal that Jesus would eat on this planet while he was still alive as a human, before he was crucified, before he resurrected from the dead, as the living son of God, he had a meal with his disciples. It was a Passover meal. The Jews from ancient of times had gathered together. And when the temple was built, and Jesus' generation, Herod's temple was still in existence. They'd go to the temple. From all over the world, the Jews would gather together because there they would offer sacrifices. Families would have a meal together. Friends would have meals together, kind of like our holiday at Christmas. You know, families coming together. Jesus was with his disciples. And he began to talk to them about his life and who he was and what he would do. What he came to do. He was very clear. He said, this is my body that I'm going to give for you. I am he. John chapter 6, Jesus said, I am he. That man that came down from heaven to earth. I'm the bread of life. See, the bread, the unleavened bread in the Old Testament, when they gathered together, it, it was this little flat piece of bread that they would break. They would break it and they would share it. And it represented being free from sin. It represented, it represented to them that one day, that this one day, God came and there was a death angel that was to kill the firstborn child of every, every animal, every human in Egypt. Every single one that didn't follow God's instructions. Every single one. It represented this, this freedom that they had from the tyranny of, of Pharaoh and of sin. God's forgiveness of their life. Jesus said that if you would eat of this bread, you would never hunger again. I always like to say if I eat of this bread, if I continually eat of this life, this sustenance, I won't need the cheap substitutes of the world. I won't need them. I won't need the things that the world offers to try to bring fulfillment and peace and joy in my life because he is my source and he is my sustenance. So I want you to take that wafer. I want you to peel it however you need to do it. I want you to take that wafer right now. You've asked God to forgive you. You've opened your hand you prayed, you've left 2013 there at the foot of the cross. You're not going to pick it up again. Jesus said as often as you eat of this bread, as often as you do this, you do this in remembrance of me. I want you to take that bread. The Bible says that after he broke it, they took and they ate it. I want you just to break it right in your fingers. And I want you to put it in your mouth. As you're eating this bread, you're eating which represents the life of Jesus your source, your strength. Let's eat together this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you for your body that was given for us. Bruised, battered, beaten, spit upon, tortured. You gave your life just for me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you said no man takes my life, but you freely gave it down so that I could have life today. I thank you, Jesus. And in the same manner, he took the cup. 
took the cup. The Bible declares that, that without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. But we live in a culture that's squeamish when it comes to blood. We, we don't like to think about death. We don't like to think about sacrifices. We don't want sacrifices. We want everything without a sacrifice, without a price. But you didn't have this eternal life. You don't have this eternal life unless Jesus did this. The sinless blood of Jesus. See, they were to take a lamb that was spotless. And that spotless lamb there at the Passover, when Moses was leading the children of Israel out of Egypt, that spotless lamb, they were to slice the throat of that lamb and spill the blood and take that blood. They were to put it over their doorpost and over the sides of the door. And that night, there was a death angel that would come through Egypt. If there was a blood over the doorpost, he would pass over. Passover, they were spared. Here's the deal today. If the blood of Jesus has been passed over, <laughs> it's passed over the doorpost of your heart, you'll be spared the wrath that there is to come. There is a day coming where every man will give an account for his life. But if we've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus, if we've been forgiven by his grace, we're new people, we're new creation, we're new creatures, we're now children of God. And that's what this cup represents. I want you to take this cup. We're going to pray going to ask God to cleanse us right now. And if you don't know Christ, if you're not in a relationship with Him, this is a great time right now to ask Him to forgive you. The Bible also says, listen, don't drink of this cup if you don't know Him. If you're not in a relationship, don't do that. People that drink it in that manner, they drink it in an unworthy manner. And there are many that sick and they even die because they don't rightly discern the Lord's body. So I'm asking you right now, this is for believers in this moment. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your blood that was shed from Calvary's tree for me. I receive your grace. I receive your forgiveness. I thank you that your blood has passed over my life. Like the psalmist David said, you have made me white as snow. You've cleansed my heart. Thank you for that today. Jesus, I receive it. I receive every benefit of the blood of Calvary. Every benefit. Every benefit that you have for me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, we now drink that which represents the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us drink together this morning.
Come on, can we start this year off? Just take 10 seconds and can we shout to the Lord this morning? Thank you, God. We bless you, Lord. We're looking for a great 2014, God, putting you first. We love you. We bless you. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for the cross. We adore you today, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, it's not too late to jump on the Daniel Fast bandwagon. We have stuff right outside for you. We got flyers and guides, and and uh, and Bill's going to be cooking for everybody, so it's just going to be great. And uh, But we'd love you to do that. Definitely check out uh, OrlandoCityChurch.com. Click on Awakening. That, that 21-day f- uh, fast reading plan will be great for us all to go through. God bless you guys. Have a great week, all right?